1: If you hear me cough or sneeze, it's not because I got the vid. It's because it's that time of the year where uh, whatever is out there kicks in and gets my allergies. So enough of that. Uh, I just want to let you know you're all safe. I just washed my hands, too. Um Okay, the show tonight, we're going to try to hit as much of the national news news as we can get. And we've got a lot of good races to recap. But I want to introduce you to our guest. Uh, The best from the West is, and it's free, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. It's Brad Free is going to be with us. Uh, One of the top handicappers out there. Uh, usually gives daily reports on the West Coast races. And uh, we're going to look at the Grade Two, Eddie Reed, 200,000 up for grabs. The San Clemente, uh, a Grade Two mile on the weeds. And then we're going to go, we'll probably start with this one because this is the headliner. And that is the San Diego Handicap. Look who's back, ladies and gentlemen the star-crossed Maximum Security. We still don't know if he's going to get to keep the purse from the Saudi Cup because uh, Jason Service has been accused of uh, using performance-enhancing drugs that I still think they can't detect. And, uh, but he comes into this race with $11 million. Uh, don't forget, he finished first in a race called the Kentucky Derby last year and uh, was disqualified for on knocking a few horses almost over uh, around the turn there at Churchill Downs. So we're going to be looking at those races with Brad Free. And then my main man, Steady Eddie He-Meyer, in case you don't know who Steady Eddie is, uh, we're going to cover Saratoga. Uh, We'll do the quick call. Uh, These are three rolls, and they better be quick, five and a half on the grass. And then what a stellar group of horses that has come together uh for the alfred g vanderbilt handicap that's going to be a good one and of course the uh the Balston spa uh this is going to be uh the uh shall we say return to the races for none other than the sensational turf mare my sister, Charlie, not my sister, Charlie, just an unbelievable record. 10 wins from 15 starts. And uh, so that is the the Boston, Am like saying this right. The Balston Spa, not the Boston Spa. So uh, we're going to take a look at, at, at those races. And uh, let's move forward, uh, because uh, so many of the tracks are up and running again. Want to remind everybody: this is the time when you're going. Oh man, I'm just. I need a big hit, and the races are everywhere. Where should I go? Go to WinningPonies.com, because we give out our daily uh, picks. On the easy win forms, and uh, had some good ones. You know, the Gulf Stream's racing right now, and we've been having fun down there. At a one dollar super five for three thousand four hundred, another one dollar super five for nine hundred thirteen dollars, and a third one for eight hundred fifty nine. Just in the last. Week, uh, also Indiana Grand's back. We had a couple winners there too, uh, at 864 for a Super Five, and a uh, 50 cent Pick Five that paid 782. So when you find yourself in times of trouble, handicapping. Go to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. And uh, you can see who's back in the groove at Saratoga. I read Ortiz, if you were watching this afternoon, five wins on today's card. So uh, he now has 10 wins at the Saratoga meet, which ties him for second with his brother, Jose Ortiz. And they are just one win behind Joel Rosario, who has been riding very, very well. Uh, Here's some news I didn't want to have to read. And that is that Larry Jones was injured in a galloping accident at Ellis Park. You know, he's won the Kentucky Oaks three times. You may recall, we reported it back in 2014, that he was injured pretty bad at Delaware Park. Well, he said at that time um, he was done riding two-year-olds, because I guess, as you know, they're a little uh, rambunctious. Uh, he had a bad, bad head injury. He was in the trauma center for quite a while, and uh, so he was not sure uh, if he was going to get back in the saddle. Well, I started seeing different videos and photos of him, and he has been back up. He's easy to spot on the track. Uh, he's, uh, a rather, uh, tall man, uh, but he's 63 year olds now. And so he was drawn back into the saddle and, uh, we think that that is, is over. So, uh, the injury is just one, one of several uh, but according to the people at Ellis Park, he was unseated when he, his uh, mount stumbled and fell. He broke nine ribs, a vertebrae, and his collarbone. Luckily, the horse got up and ran away, and he was uninjured. But what what a, what a class act uh, Jones is, and uh, obviously he's going to stay in the game. He's not Going to watch the action from atop a, a racehorse, not to say that he won't have a pony. It was Marty McGee that first reported um, on on the injuries. So uh, good luck to Larry Jones and, and him making a comeback. And uh, it, this is just a matter of time. California Chrome lands his first winner. Where? In Russia at... Krasnodar Racetrack. The horse's name was Suncar Time, and uh, what's interesting is, okay, the sire is California Chrome. Not sure what uh, uh, my friend Bruce Ryan had to go to 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 get to him, but he had a pretty darn nice mare. Uh, her name is Kiosk. It was the dam of this horse, but this horse sold for only four. $15,000 uh, to Mikhail Yanikov's Olympia Star. So, uh, uh, so and anyhow, the uh, kiosk, uh, by the way, it was an accredited Ohio bread. I got to see many times, and one of our regular riders was Jeff Johnston, who's been on this show uh, quite a bit. And uh, so uh, we go back quite a ways with this horse she's also the dam of need more flattery who was uh, twice ohio horse of the year so uh uh very interesting that uh, i think bruce said the horse kind of towed out or something like that. He knew that was going to hurt him. But, you know, since it was the first crop of California chrome, he let it go through the, the the sale. Anyhow, it was just out at that farm, uh, Oh, two weeks ago, taking photos of, uh, uh, she's got a full sister to need more flattery, flatter her again. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, It'll be interesting to see what she's got down the road. She's no spring chicken. I think she's about 20 years old right now. But nonetheless, congratulations Uh to California Chrome. As you know, he's been everywhere. Uh, this was his uh, first breeding season at Arrow Stud in Japan. Uh, but, uh, you know, he entered stud at TaylorMade and then shuttled uh, to Chile. And then um, he has, uh, first three seasons, he's bred 473 mares. Uh, he's sired three North American starters and all of them have placed. But the first winner comes from russia okay tom's Tot is the uh first in the breeders cup uh classic rankings now this was the first group that comes out uh they're determined by a panel of uh uh, leading thoroughbred racing media, horse players, uh, members of the Breeders' Cup uh, racing, directors, and secretaries panel. Uh, they vote on a 10 down to 1 system. So right now, Tom's Tot is on top. And second, mass, Maximum Security. Third, Tis the Law. Fourth, Code of Honor. Fifth, The Girl, Midnight Bisou. And it's Honor AP, By My Standard. Tacitus, who's rounding back into form, Vacoma and Improbable. So uh, that uh, uh, is, is a look at the Breeders' Cup Classic ratings. Uh, on the not-so-good news front, uh, Denny Velasquez has been suspended for alleged buzzer possession up at Canterbury Park Um and so uh, he'll be suspended right now. And they also found a gun. Uh, I believe these were both found in his car. Um, now, you may recall that uh, Jockey Roman Chapa served a five-year suspension for using a buzzer back in 2015. Um, he's back riding this career at Arapahoe Park in Colorado. Uh, Now, Velasquez, who comes from Jones, Oklahoma, uh, is ranked third in the standings at Canterbury, and he was also the third leading rider this year at Turf Paradise. So, Uh, Depending on what happens and what evidence they have, and if it's a fact, Jack, Denny Velasquez probably won't be back in the saddle for a while. Well, the big one last weekend was the tvg.com Haskell. And everybody's wondering, can Authentic do it again? And the answer was a rousing yes at the 16th poll. But all of a sudden, New York traffic that had the lead who looked like he was beaten and Baffert's authentic was just pulling away. Authentic went into idle. It's like, he just kind of said, well, this race is over. Well, New York traffic said, nah, baby, nah. And came back very, very strong in a close nose photo. Authentic still gets the win and it's now Baffert's big host in the Derby. But, uh, a lot of skeptics out there right now. It looks like he might uh, add those uh, those small blinkers that he uses on. Uh, he said, I, yeah, I told Mike Smith if he gets the lead, just stay on him because this horse will get sluggish. And he was awful right about that. Close call, but he gets the win. So uh, Baffert will head back uh, west and try to uh, tune him back up. Uh, To see what he could do. New York traffic, though, very, very impressive, especially coming back like that. Showed a lot of guts. And Dr. Post, a lot of people thought might be the upsetter, uh, finished in the third spot. Uh, In case you missed it, up at Saratoga, it was a weekday race, but it was a grade three stakes. The Schuylerville, Uh, the winner was day out of the office an into mischief filly that was overlooked went off at almost 20 to 1 and is trained by a guy that's been on this show quite often, and uh, that is uh, Tim Hamm. So I spoke with Tim this week after congratulating him. So it looks like he's going to keep a day out of the office at Saratoga and keep. Continue to train forwardly for the Spinaway Stakes, uh, but uh, very impressive. Skylerville pulled away uh, by six lengths over another into mischief filly by the name of Make Mischief. Uh, the Coaching Club American Oaks, a prestigious race at Saratoga, uh, Grade One, and uh, the uh, winner in there on the outside. Bill Mott's Paris Lights, a daughter of Curlin, gets the job back. She's gotten better and better as her career's gone on. She's gotten faster, and she doesn't seem to have any problems with distance. She's won twice now in a mile and a 16th. This was a mile and an eighth. And uh, so Paris Lights is one to keep your eye on. In the second spot, very lightly raced Crystal Ball, making only her third lifetime career, got the second spot after antoinette uh then we did a lot of uh you know viewing of the races at uh monmouth park big big day there and first in the windstar matchmaker so this uh Uh, Philly Mare will someday get her choice of exaggerator, take charge Indy or Yoshida at Windstar Farm. Uh, Late Rally, trained by Chad Brown, a daughter of no, nay, never. Bred in Ireland, but never raced on the green grass of Ireland. Paco Lopez in the saddle. Man, is he knocking him dead at Monmouth Park. He's riding at a 38% clip. Second was Beautiful lover and uh now we're uh looking at the monmouth cup and in there led most of the way got headed and came back it was global campaign uh second in the uh in the race was math wizard and uh so that that's a look at the monmouth cup well Folks, so uh, you'll just have to look up the other three races that we that we handicapped included the United Nation that was a perfect ride by Jersey Joe Bravo, the fifth time he won this race, Aquaphobia. Well, I think that's enough for the first segment. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be talking with Brad Free.
2: Streaming live. The Leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: And they're off.
2: What
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast
2: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you're tuned in to winning
0: ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right, and now someone from the Daily Racing Forum that I have been remiss at having on the show. Of course, if you read anything about the racing in uh, Southern California, Del Mar, Santa Anita, Fairplex, what used to be Hollywood Park, but is no longer, is none other than Brad Free. Brad, thanks for coming back on the show.
4: Hey, John, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, be talking horse racing with anybody, and Even happier that Del Mar is back up and running tomorrow, Friday afternoon, after taking a week off when more than a dozen jockeys down here tested positive for COVID. But uh, we're back up in action at Del Mar, looking forward to a really action-packed weekend, a four-day racing week with two stakes on Friday, three on Saturday, and two more on Sunday. So it should be a really fun relaunch uh, to the summer racing season down at Del Mar.
1: Well, I know something you always did with the form was that during the meet, you used to offer uh, your insights and analysis uh, of the entire card. Uh, A, you're still doing that, and B, where do we go to find you every day?
4: Well, my full card analysis is available um, through the Past Performance platform at drf.com. And as far as like looking through the entire card the morning of, that will be done on an intermittent basis throughout the summer. Um, I probably will have a uh, a post tomorrow with regards to the Friday afternoon card because I mean we haven 't had any live action in Southern California in nearly two weeks, so probably a good uh, a good time to to give uh, the reader some you know late insight with some workout analysis and some trip notes and all that stuff so i 'll probably do it tomorrow, but uh, it 'll be done on an intermittent basis throughout the summer and it's available right on the DRF uh, homepage Daily Race Forms homepage under the live segment down in the lower right hand corner of the page so yeah I, I enjoy doing it I mean this is I get paid for my hobby so I, I really can't complain
1: <laughs> I love your attitude hey before we uh, get on to the races at Del Mar I gotta ask you about a big story uh, out of California and that is uh, well that affects California it's actually uh, out of the uh, Park. What was your read on the Haskell stakes where Authentic looked like uh, he had the race in his hand at the 16th pole and then just kind of went into neutral?
4: Well, that's a good question, and I don't think we're going to know the answer until the first Saturday in September. I suspect, like many other experts suspect, that maybe Authentic has some distance limitations. He's You know, he's very good, fast horse, but he's by Into Mischief, and Into Mischiefs are not really known to be mile-and-a-quarter horses or beyond. They are brilliant, they are fast, they're classy, but maybe the chink authentic armor has to do with uh, the, the distance. That was a mile-and-one-eighth in the Haskell, and it looked like he was just going to romp uh, at about the eighth pole, and then he kind of got the staggers or he lost interest. Not sure exactly what happened. Baffert thinks that he can... Coax another eighth of a mile out of this horse, and I guess we'll find out. But my gut feeling is a mile and a quarter is not going to be a friend for Authentic when he shows up in the Kentucky Derby, and that will be his next start. So there will be a lot of speculating between now and then. But at this point in time, I think that the best California three-year-old is the Colt that defeated Authentic last time out in the Santa Anita Derby. That's Honor AP. We're going to get a chance to watch him run next weekend in the shared belief but as far as authentic goes he is a fast good horse i'm not sure how far he wants to run
1: well it will be uh, interesting and I, I have to agree there's so many into mischiefs out there that uh, who knows well sooner or later one of them uh, is, is going to get there well uh, i just i wanted to get your, your read on that being out on the on the west coast now uh i i know that you can't go to the track so you depending on whatever information uh comes out of uh, of delmar as far as the return mm. of the jockeys, I, I believe i read somewhere today that each one's going to be given his own uh 10 by 10 area so he'll be uh, socially distanced is that just for during the day or they don't have to sleep there do they <laughs>
4: I, I don't believe they're, they're spending the night at Del Mar, but I was able to go to Del Mar on opening weekend, the first Sunday of the meet, and I, I did visit with some trainers in the grandstand. Access is extremely limited. They do allow a few members of the media to come out in the morning and be in the grandstand. We do not have access to the stable areas, which is quite unfortunate for people like myself who enjoy going from barn to barn visiting with various trainers, checking up on a story here or a story there. But Del Mar at least allowed the, some of the media to watch the workouts in the morning from the grandstand, wearing a mask, being socially distant and, and responsible and all that stuff. And then when the races begin in the afternoon, we're basically on lockdown in the press box. We can't go anywhere. We, once we're in the press box, you stay there all day. If you want to leave, you're going to go home. So I'm um, looking forward to going down again this Sunday. I'll be making my second trip down to Del Mar. Um, it's a different summer. It's a different year for everybody. And the limited access really puts a, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to do your job when you can't talk to all the people that you want to talk with. But I'm glad that Del Mar is running, and it was very kind of them to, you know, open the doors to uh, certain members of the media.
1: Yeah, it's a lot different seeing it in person and then uh, watching it on television. Well, uh, the big story out on the West Coast for sure this week is going to be the San Diego handicap and uh, the uh, return of maximum security. It sure looks like Baffert's done his usual great job of winding a horse up. Uh, you know, he's uh, has no problem with them. uh churning out bullet works and uh that he already has at both san anita and del mar what what are your feelings are are you confident that he getting back there and by the way he was previously trained by jason service who allegedly has some mysterious juice i don't think they have any idea what it is but uh they know that it was never given out by a vet or prescribed by a vet, uh, but that's something, another conversation. But, uh, you know, Baffert's got it. Uh, has he worked his magic again? Because the horse is a beautiful animal.
4: He is a magnificent animal, and he is, he is as gutty as they come. I happened to be in Saudi Arabia when he won the $20 million Saudi Cup in late February, and it was quite a fascinating experience and, and a, a, a treat to watch this horse win that race because maximum security, if, it, if you go back and watch the tape of the, of the Saudi cup on the, on the far turn, he, I tell you what, he was under a drive by Louis Saez. And uh, I was thinking this horse might not hit the board. And then the pace setter, mucho gusto drifted out and took maximum security with him, Saez, went down to the inside, and maximum security refuses to get beat. He rallied inside Mucho Gusto, made the lead, and then he had to hold off a very good filly named Midnight Bisou, uh, who came charging up the rail to finish second. And it was maximum security's ninth time, first across the wire in 10 starts. He has one second-place finish. And it was a magnificent performance by a top-class animal. Now, we all know what happened a couple weeks later, His former trainer, Jason Service, was indicted for administering illegal medication to racehorses. And maximum security was subsequently turned over to Baffert. I think he arrived in California in late April, started training for Baffert in early June, and he has been hitting every single week without a hiccup. He works in company because Maximum Security is a lazy horse, according to Baffert. He's lazy. He doesn't want to really. He doesn't put out in the morning, so Baffert has to put a workmate in company with Max Maximum Security in order to get those competitive juices flowing. And when Maximum Security, when he is on his game, and he usually is, he is one tough customer, and I think he's going to be very tough to beat on Saturday in the San Diego. It's probably going to be a four-horse field because. Two of the entrants in the San Diego, Sharp Samurai and Combatant, also cross-entered the Eddie Reed on Sunday, and they are expected to scratch from the San Diego. So it looks like a four-horse field. Sometimes in these small fields, some strange things can happen, but Maximum security is quick enough to make his own trip. He has a pacemaker in the race by the name of Axeman, who's trained by Baffert. I expect him to make the lead. Maximum security will be forwardly placed. And if he shows up and runs as well as he ran in December at Aqueduct or in February in Saudi Arabia, this guy is going to be very difficult for the likes of higher power and or midcourt to defeat.
1: Yeah, and a, a high power, certainly, uh, you know, legit in his own rise, Uh is uh, pretty much exclusively been running in grade one races. And uh, while he hasn't won all of them, he did win the Pacific Classic, which is a biggie out there, and it's at Del Mar. So, um, you know, he, he's got no problem with the track. But we'll move along. That's a well-stated case, though, for maximum security. I'd love to see him come back with, with, without the help of – something else that we don't, don't really know what it is um in the uh, the, the san clemente um i'm wondering to uh, get your read on that the, uh, the the two horses that attract my eye are uh and i have no odds in front of me so i don't know if i'm picking a favorite or a long shot is laura's light and over attached well
4: laura's light is the three to one favorite on the morning line and she's my top selection but Um, Number nine, Warren Showtime, the second choice at seven to two. Both these fillies are very evenly matched. I mean, I had to pick one or the other, and I went back and forth, back and forth, and ultimately settled on Laura's Light because I know what kind of trip that she can get. And she won last time out going a mile and one-eighth, which is probably a furlong beyond her preferred distance. Even trainer Peter Miller acknowledged as much after the race. A mile and one-eighth is really stretching it for Laura's light. So she's backing up on Saturday to one mile. That is her ideal distance. She's already a stakes winner at a mile on turf. She can be forwardly placed. She does not need the lead. And I think that she's going to get first jump on Warren Showtime. But Warren Showtime, she did something last time out that was – quite spectacular. She was carried wide in on the first turn and lost ground every step of the way. That was in the Moller Stakes on the main track at Santa Anita. We had the suspicion going into the race <coughs> that Warren Showtime prefers the grass, and I still think she does, but that was a dirt race. She lost ground every step of the way, and she still came away and won by a length. It was a, a, a terrific performance by a Philly who was returning to her preferred footing on Saturday, just like Laura's light is returning to her preferred distance on Saturday. Those are the two that they, to me, they kind of dominate the race. If anybody else wins this, I'm going to be quite surprised. Um, Laura's light at three to one on or near the front end and Warren showtime at seven to two rallying from behind. And I, I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Warren Showtime. She actually ran in the very first two-year-old race of the Del Mar Summer Meet one year ago, and she finished a closing third, and since then she has won five of her next nine starts. She's the leading uh, money earner sired by the terrific Young Sire Clubhouse Ride, and Warren
1: Showtime will be flying in the lane, but it looks to me like a two-horse race. All right, well, I came close on one of them, anyhow. Uh, let's uh, fast forward a little bit while I've got the time, and you were nice enough to uh, help me with my uh, uh, gathering of the PPs here. Uh, the Eddie Reed, this race has been around for a while, 200,000. Uh, it, it's a mile and eighth, and a Delmar there uh, It kind of reminds me of uh, Tampa a little bit. They've got one of those really, it's a great idea for different distances, the the turf chute. So I, I don't understand if that uh, plays into post positions or how horses run. I mean, it looks on the map that it's a bit of a tight left turn when you get there.
4: Yeah, it definitely is. And if, and if you're drawn you know, out in post 12 in a big field, uh, it's going to be tough to overcome. But the Eddie Reed on, on Sunday, uh, it's race number eight. It's a mile one eight that starts in the infield shoot. And only seven horses are entered, including the two that we talked about briefly earlier, Sharp Samurai and Combatant, expected to scratch from the San Diego. So it's a field of seven. And Bowie's Hero, who won this race a year ago, is probably going to be my top selection. I thought he ran super in his recent comeback. It was in the Grade 3 American at Santa Anita. That race was won by the pace setter, Blitzkrieg. And Bowie's Hero, who had not been out since November, he lagged at the back of the field, he closed like a freight train and fell short by a length, rallying from behind against the flow of the race. And it was a super comeback race. And ever since then, trainer Phil D'Amato has been pointing Boy's Hero to try to win the Reed for the second time. I did a little bit of research earlier today. There have been actually four horses in the last 40 years that have won this race in back-to-back years, Wicker, Fastness, Special Ring, and most recently Acclimate in 2011-2012. So Boy's Hero tried to become the fifth back-to-back winner of the Eddie Reed. He's not a layover by any stretch of the imagination because he faces a very good horse by the name of United, United is probably best known for a race that he actually lost, and that was in the Breeders' Cup turf last fall. He was 51-1, to and he gave bricks and mortar all he could handle, and bricks and mortar finally won the race by a head, but United gave him a tough battle. He came back and finished second in a grade two, and then he won back-to-back grade twos uh, over at Santa Anita. The challenge for United, who you could make the case that he's the class of the field, But the challenge on Sunday is this. United, I I don't think that a mile and one-eighth is necessarily his right distance. I think he wants a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half or more, and they're cutting back a little bit. He's going from a mile and a quarter down to a mile and one-eighth, so I think that he might be running at a distance perhaps a little shorter than he prefers. He's still a good horse, and he still can win this race. But Bowie's hero with that comeback under his belt, established form at del mar in fact bowie's hero has won a stakes race at del mar three of the last four years so we know that he likes the course and i look i look for bowie's hero to uh, mow them all down but there's seven horses in here and you really couldn't draw a line through any of the seven it's that wide open
1: all right. Well, Brad, thanks for putting 10 pounds of information in a five pound sack. I didn't give you enough time, but uh, I, I'm so glad to hear your voice again. Uh, you do an excellent job of reporting out there on the West Coast, and I'm glad you can at least see the races in person at Del Mar. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best and hope you enjoy the days that they are running out there.
4: Well, I appreciate it, John, and hopefully before too long we'll get some fans back out to the racetrack too because it's kind of a ghost town out there, and there's nothing I like more than walking through the grandstand and just chatting with racing fans, talking about who you like, who you didn't like, tough beats, and all that stuff. So thanks for having me on, and I look forward to uh, visiting again very soon.
1: All right. That was Brad Free. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to be talking with a gentleman I admire. That's right. He's Ed Meyer.
2: The Internet's number one talk station, number one talk station, voiceamerica.com.
0: And they're off.
2: What?
0: Winning Ponies with John Englehart.
1: All right, and with me, the one and only Ed Meyer, the most requested guest to have on this show. So you speak and I listen. Ed, thanks for coming back on with us.
5: Always a pleasure, John. And the check is in the mail for those sweet words of kindness.
1: No problemo. How you been?
5: Doing real good. Uh, had, had a nice little uh, day of racing at Belterra. You know, there's there's a lot of neat little riders. Actually, there's there's some pretty cool stuff out there on uh, social media. It talked about a little workout girl from last year from Australia by the name of Crystal Conning and her skyrocketing career.
1: Really? I'm looking yeah. forward to reading that because I have been watching the races from Belterra. Of course, I just want to listen to that track announcer. I don't care too much about the races. But anyhow, this, <laughs> this girl can ride. And I noticed that trainers like Dane Kobiski are giving her first call anytime he's in town.
5: He's winning like 43%, which is just staggering, and it's not from a small sampling, and she's winning almost 32% with him. So when she actually teams up with uh, the PTK Kibiski Green, I'll tell you what, good things happen. She can ride on dirt and sod. I mean, there's no real breakdown. She looks good on closers. She's very versatile young, and I think her head's really in the game. Uh, I think she's really grounded. I think good things are going to happen. I get excited when young and upcoming riders, especially this is a great time. There were, there were a couple of bug riders, apprentice riders. There was Alexander Crispin, who went to Maryland and he's doing well there. And he was at Balterra just a matter of weeks ago. And now there's Crystal Conning. And she, she's been riding there the entire meet. And, you know, John, that's the best part to watch the, the up-and-comers really cut their teeth.
1: Well, Ed, you and I are old-timers from that Cincinnati Oval. We've seen a few guys start their career there. and Of course, the top guy comes to mind is uh, none other than Steve Cawthon. But, uh, you know, we had uh, a lot of people don't know that's where Rafael Beorano started uh, in, in the United States.
5: You know, and, and in fact, they did. And I remember probably one of the coolest things at Little River Downs, I mean, now, when they say bush track in in other countries i don't think they really mean it in a derogatory sense for the United States racing, but you know River Downs was a small track, and it still was a lot of excitement, Probably one of the greatest days I ever saw was Peruvian day.
1: yeah, that was a coup because all the uh, instructors from the Peruvian jockey school came up uh, we ran the Peruvian flag up under the United States flag, and man i'm embarrassed that i can't say all the names of the guys that were there, but, uh, certainly that the the fact that Edgar Prado made the trip and, uh, won a good race on the turf, uh, was enough, but you know, we had the Kamaki brothers, they were Peruvian, uh, of, of course the, uh, stone face Edgar Paukar, uh, was there, but it was so neat to see their instructor. I mean those guys lit up. they had no idea that he was going to be there. And uh, as, as you know, at that point our simulcasts were going down to Peru and uh, oh it was a big day for them and I gave him the microphone. he started shedding tears and talking to the people of Peru. That was that was really a day I'll never forget.
5: You know, it's, it's the smaller tracks. Now, now, the 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 bigger tracks they have their special their special taste flavor. But sometimes you get some of the little the little specialty items. You know, from a smaller track. Uh, you know, day in and day out, I, I understand why the people play the bigger the ovals, the circuits, the connections, etc. But sometimes you get that special day. I mean, it's been more than a few years since Peruvian Day, and it still stays near and dear to my heart because I was in the grandstand that day.
1: So are we going to have to have Australia Day if if this Crystal Connie keeps riding the way she is? Is Is that where she's from?
5: Yes, from Australia and it was really it was really cool. It was on uknews.com, dot com and, and they, they, they had a really neat little interview, I assume, from her home apartment and she was right in front of her computer and John it was actually showing races of that day that where she made a, a sweepy move on the turn on the turf and drew off and, and uh hung on to win by about six. And then when she came from out of the clouds the day prior when there was a deluge of rain she circled the field, stayed out of the muck and the mud, and then just came down and really saved ground down the lane. I think she's really versatile. I think she's a a special item. As I said about Alexander Crispin, I knew that he was going to be something special. I just hoped that he was gonna hang around. But you know what? I'm glad to see he's taking his talents and playing his trade on the on a bigger stage and, and best of luck to both. You know, it's just I, I'll tell you what, as a real fan, this is what really makes me happy.
1: Well, Ed, let's dip into your handicapping talents. I'll start you out with an easy one. Uh, I think I think Ray Charles could see the winner in here, and that would be the Balston Spa, the third race at Saratoga. It is the return of one of the top race mares we've seen over the past uh, half of a decade. She's six years old now, and that is Sister Charlie. A lot of people thought when they watched, The uh, Breeders' Cup uh, uh, turf, Uh, they were watching her last race, but no, they brought her back. They brought her back a couple times. uh, So Peter Brandt, what a sportsman. I'm so happy to see her back, but in a a short field, she's going to be two to five. Uh, But that's not to say that she better be wound up because, hey, I'm telling you, this Starship Jubilee can run at this distance and she she's well traveled uh as you know she does most of her uh, racing probably up in canada uh but she ran in this race last year was only beaten a half a length without a doubt though still sister charlie's the one to beat
5: a 100%, 100%. I I think she's been off for eight months, John, and she's going to be cutting back in distance from a mile and a quarter from the Breeders' Cup Phillies American Turf that day. Ran a, ran a nice third, but you know what? The time off is going to do her good, and if you go down through her past performances, she's been off a good spell a few times. Eight months, I'll tell you what, a turf runner can actually bring them back in more revived and more full of vim and vigor, and Chad Brown is a true artist at that, so going, going right along with that sister Charlie, yes for me. Now it's just who you're going to use for second. You brought up Starship Jubilee, who's actually shooting for four in a row and has been at Woodbine, Churchill, Gulfstream, Tampa. Is Doesn't have to take her track with her, but a runner for me. Now this, you're going to get a little bit better price. You might even get a surprise price. It's number one, call me love. Backing up from a mile and a quarter in the grade two New York made a middle move. Took a whole lot of money. It was only a dollar quarter to one that day. Uh, Christopher Clement here third off of a layoff that's one of my favorite angles coming in from Italy and this filly is by see the stars an Irish uh, uh, sire that is really just really top top of the shelf here in the dam uh, uh, Fessnay has had five starters three winners and three turf winners I think we're going to see something along the rail here Joel Rosario is a a very heady rider for Christophe Clement I'm going to use your horse and my horse underneath
1: all right well uh again I, I wish we had about six other horses in the race so we might get some odds but it's not looking <laughs> yeah. like that's gonna happen anytime soon Ed well uh let's uh let's move on to what's probably going to be one of the most competitive races of the day and there are it's a solid it's not a huge. But it is a solid field in the Alfred G. Vanderbilt handicap, grade one, quarter of a million. They're only dashing six furlongs, but it's extremely talent-laden. It looks like uh, Whitmore's in a really good cycle. Uh, Has only raced at Saratoga once, and that was a winning effort. Ron Moquette, you don't see him up there under the ancient oaks too often. Uh, This horse is rounded... Very well into form. And then, of course, Asmussen's shipping in from Kentucky with the kind of a now horse, and that is Volatile.
5: Volatile is is four to five and looks every bit a part of it. The the $100,000 Aristides at Churchill, I went back and watched the race twice, and it was the common line says it all. And actually, the the, uh, the the turf rider down there, or the excuse me, the aquabased chart caller down there, does an incredible job. Explosive turn of foot it says it all, and then some. And I watched volatile really just roll them in. And you know, the, the runner that you talked about, Widmore, really looks to be the part. I was hoping to get a little more than two to one, but so I, I had to go trying to search just for anything that I could. And I came up with the three forens fire. I yeah. ran really, like had four wins today that I know of yes that i that i know of so
1: no he had 5 you know. he had 5
5: he had five, Well, as I said, there was a few that I didn't get a chance to see and that, that I, I was just kind of scanning as I went along throughout the day. But you're seeing Friends Fire is three for five in the money at Saratoga. For trainer Kelly Breen, who really was uh, at one time just New Jersey bound with, uh, I believe it was George Hall, who he, who he trained for uh, specifically. But I, I'm really a big fan of Kelly Breen and, and he always brings runners. They always look good. And Friends Fire, it just looks like a Monster. A red Ortiz already moves it up plus three points in my book. And uh, I, think the, I think the distance fits. And I, I kind of look uh, volatile on top of Friends Fire.
1: All right. Well, I always make my notes. So when I'm uh, going to my local betting emporium, uh, I always have Ed's picks uh, with me. And also, as you know, that's usually the day that my son Casey starts calling me from a bar going, Hey, who do you and Ed like in the tenth <laughs> at Saratoga?
5: <laughs> I always tell him to stick with the old man. He can't go wrong. He's, uh, he's been playing for a pretty good uh, spell of time, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. He just doesn't talk about it much.
1: No, I think he, he just likes to impress his friends at the local watering hole that uh, he's getting his tips from Ed Meyer. So I think that's... Uh, now, that, well, that's I'll, the I'll tell you that...
5: what. He gets a check in the mail too. Then uh, I'll I'll definitely do it. But he's always a lot of fun to talk to because he he likes he likes to play a few races and you know he's he's not afraid of a little bit of a price and you know hey those are the fun things that, that's where you really you have your nice scores and hey if you're with your buddies and there's nothing better than a cold beer and a couple winners, huh?
1: Uh, a- absolutely. And I I heard him on the phone with somebody. You know we gave him a horse two weeks ago and he and and he yeah, you bet it he. I think he cleared about 400 bucks on the day and so I hear him on the phone with the guy he goes yeah I think I bet 5 to win on the horse he goes yeah I bet 50 to win on this horse my dad and uh, Ed gave me and the horse came in I'm like 50 <laughs> bucks get, you got 50 bucks hey start paying some bills around here but anyhow um, let's move on I'm uh, gonna have to get out of here in about 4 minutes I'm thinking and uh, the, the quick call you better be quick it's 5 and a half on the turf my only question for you is what the hell is four left doing in here the horse is just <laughs> coming out of the belmont stakes and you know, uh it, it, it's funny john
5: you, you can start right there for me uh there there is so much speed in here you said five and a half four left come out of the belmont stakes showed really good speed tis the law dr post max player Some real killers out there. But go back about to December 1 of 2019 and the Cecil B. DeMille and showed really good speed going two turns, the only turf effort. I'm looking for a runner that can probably lay about fourth on the rail, and when the speed starts getting a little leg-weary, maybe four left under Jose Ortiz, who wins 18% with sprinter types and 18% on the turf as well, for trainer Doug O'Neill, when they go from a route to a sprint, he wins 22%. I like all the numbers there. It, it's They say the numbers don't lie. I, I I don't think four left can draw off and win by 100, but I definitely think that this cold can be a part of the exactus and trifectus. For me, at 8-1, to one, when you said that there, that was one of the things that really caught my eye.
1: Well, Ed, you are a uh, morning line odds maker. And up at Saratoga, uh, their line guy is making the French bread Jack and Noah an even-money favorite. A horse has been shopped around quite a bit from Belmont to Aqueduct to Houston, uh, back to uh, Kentucky at Churchill, and then coming out of uh, the Sir Cat at Belmont. But the horse always shows up, six starts, three... Three wins and one second. Um, he, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just don't see him even money. Even
5: money seemed a little bit low at first glance. But every single time, as soon as the box comes open and they spring the gate, Bam! Jack and Noah's right there, and you're seeing a two-turn race at the Texas Mile. But this isn't a two-turn race. This is now. It's it's wonderful that Jack and Noah's going to jump out there. But there's plenty of others that can. There's plenty of others that that have that have plenty of speed here. The bottom horse turned aside is going to be right behind and his yeah. in face Jack and Noah each and every time, and going to be breathing fire. Just don't take a a bad step or or, or get nestled in along the rail or anything because to aside can turn the tables that day. The runner that I was talking about, uh, you know, can actually maybe do something. Or how about, uh, I read Ortiz, probably one of the best closing riders with a New York bred by the name of Power Up Painter, who might just get a hold of something red hot and blistering and come flying from out of the clouds. I, you know, I, I like, I like Sprints. And it's, it's kind of one of these chess games where don't make too many mistakes.
1: Well, you know, trainer uh, Linda Rice has probably got a one-two punch in here in both power-up painter and uh, turned aside. What a meet she's having at Saratoga, Ed. She's batting 44%, and it looks like she's being very selective about the races she puts her horse in. This turned aside is a a son of American pharaoh out of a war front mare. So, uh, you know, all of his career races have been on the turf uh, certainly not one that can be thrown out, did run second to Jack and Noah, uh, but it just says that, uh, he ran on and, uh, it said, uh, that, uh, Jack and Noah, uh, was in hand and then held well. So I don't know. They're making him even money. Mark Cassie, uh, It'd be very interesting, especially, you know, know those horses bred in France, they're usually bred to run all day, and, and this horse is a stone sprinter
5: that's that 's one of the the things that make me think that even money was a little low now i 'm not about to question anybody 's uh, all all that, a, all that a morning line is is a beginning point once the bells ring and the first ten dollars is plonked down that 's the end. It means absolutely nothing it 's just a gauge for the public uh, to where they think the wagering is going to end up it's not it 's not hard and fast and stone, but usually the french breaders as you said they're they 're ready to go all day and then some you know. I that's why the American uh, sprinters, when they go over there, they usually hold so well. And it's like, wow, where did this monster come from? Uh, the U.S. because that's what we really prize is speed.
1: All right. Well, I prize you being on the show every time you're on, Ed. I appreciate it greatly. It's time for me to get out of here. So uh, for Brad Free and Ed Meyer, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies.